I thought we had a great discussion time Wednesday night. It was a beautiful time. I left edified. How about y'all? Y'all leave edified? You know, Joel's up here. He's, and he's going over what we preached on Monday, uh, Sunday. And I was like, man, let me write that down. Because I know God's talking. I'm so glad that, that I'm qualified to be able to, for God to use me because I'm willing. And he's been saying some things that I think are so powerful that I absolutely apply to myself. One of the things I believe Yahweh has provoked me to do is, you know, don't just say things one Sunday, then go to something else and, you know, let's, get, let's hear it again. And one of the things that I think we've mistaken about life is that if you're going to believe the Bible, now if you're going to believe the Bible, that's a whole other story, but that your life is not your own. You've been purchased and bought with a price. Now, what part of that do we not understand and what part of that do we not believe? And this is what Yahweh said to me. You can just, you can just put the regular lights on, Chris. Thank you. <clears throat> if you want your own life, though, that he's purchased, if you want it back, he'll give it back to you, but don't expect him to take care of it. You're on your own. Many times because of the way life is and stuff, we can find ourselves thinking that we're, where's God? We're all on our own and all that. And I know this, that, that God is the silent type. He just ain't always blabbing all the time and talking to people and saying all this kind of stuff. He's the silent type. He spoke through the prophets and the apostles, through the scriptures, and he's still speaking through people. I believe that. And I want you to know that what God demands and requires is not negotiable. He bought it all. And if you and I decide to withhold any part of what he, of us that he bought, let me tell you what he'll do. He'll call the deal off. So now we're most miserable because here we are having an expectation that God's going to intervene for us and we don't even have faith anymore. So what we're doing is we are living a miserable life because we don't have God on our side, but, but we think we should have. But he does not help the backslider or the sinner. He don't answer sinners' prayers unless it's a prayer of repentance. I've learned this lesson many years ago. It's one of the greatest things that ever brought peace to me and joy to me and hope to me. And that is my life is not my own. My money is not mine. It's his money. My time is not mine. It's his time. My house even that I live in is Yahweh's. And I always joke, uh, I always joke about it because I said, and because he's made every payment. He's the one who makes the payment, not because I'm a preacher. He don't do things for me because I'm a preacher. He does it because I trust him and have faith. So he's made all the payments so far. I want to tell you, he hadn't missed one yet. Hallelujah. Some guy was trying to talk to me. I was trying to talk to him about sin. And I'm going to tell you, people don't want you talking about sin. Christians, they don't want to talk about it. Well, you got to talk about sin all the time. Why don't you say something edifying? Okay? Don't sin. I said, why don't you quit defending your right to sin? I've never seen so many people defend the right to sin. No, I'm saved by grace. I'm going to sin. We're going to sin. I'm going to sin. I'm going to sin. Yeah, but God's... I'm, I, it is so weird to me that people are saying that it's okay to lie, steal, commit adultery. I mean, all these things that we used to think were bad. But in light of what society has turned into lately, those things seem pretty good. But, but the reason they do is because we've accepted those things. And so now our past sins don't seem quite as bad because... What we used to would not even speak of. We've accepted now. And you don't want to say nothing bad to somebody that's living a lifestyle that's against God. Listen, somebody said, are, are you against homosexuality? I said, absolutely. I'm, the reason why is not the person. I know a lot of people that are homosexual, but it's, a, it's an abomination to God. 
And so is adultery. You hear me? If, so I told him this. I said, if, you're, if your son's bride is sitting around on him, I call it sitting around, not fooling around. I said sitting around. He's cheating on her. She's cheating on him. He's committing adultery. Now, as a father or a mother, tell me whether or not you would be mad. I used this illustration last week, but I want to repeat it. Or would you just say, oh, it's okay, man. She's just like that. She, you know, she can't help it. God's grace is sufficient. Just keep on screwing around on my son. It's okay. But when Yahweh's son's bride is sitting around on him and cheating and committing spiritual adultery, I want to tell you something about his father. He gets ticked off too. He's angry God. You know, God gets angry. All this, these people talking about God, you know, they got God about as effeminate as the rest of the male society in America. I used the example of what, you know, what would your wife do if her daughter-in-law was cheating on your son and she caught him, I think she would grab her by the hair of the head and pull her out of that house or that car or wherever she was and show her what a good whipping is. And don't say you wouldn't. They'd have to pick up handfuls of hair. As a matter of fact, I don't, I don't believe in divorce. There are scriptural reasons for divorce. But I comfort some people with the fact that Yahweh's a divorcee. You know why he divorced his wife? For sinning against him. For fooling around on him. Now, we don't hate sin. and We don't have the power to quit sinning willfully. I'm making the distinction, willful sin. Then you don't have the Holy Spirit. Because if you have the Holy Spirit, holy, word holy, one of the seven aspects of that spirit, number seven, is the fear of the Lord, which is the hatred of sin. The Spirit of God has abandoned you. They, he has left your house. The glory has departed. And most people don't even know it because they're still going through their routines. I'm going to teach you something today. I haven't really taught on a whole lot, but I want you to try to hear it. In the Bible, in the book of Hebrews chapter 10, it talks about people who have come to the knowledge of the truth continue to sin willfully this is what the, your bible says it's called trampling underfoot the son of god in our world today the christian world church world man it, this trampling under the foot of the son of god has reached epidemic proportions in the harshest language possible yahweh describes what a christian does when she or he continues in sin after learning of the, the truth of god's will the bible says that People trample on what they disrespect, disapprove of, or hate. And the Christian, so-called, under the foot of the Son of God, they trample him as when you rebel against the will of God, when you willfully sin after you have been come to the knowledge of truth, then what you're doing is stepping on Yeshua. Are you, hey, hey, come on. Come on. Come on, let's don't be sinners today. Come on. This is good news. I'm, I'm going to set you free. I'm going to put you in a place the, in the life you should be living. Listen close. I don't know anything worse than to step on Yeshua and trample him under my feet. It's being taught today all over the country, all over the world, Catholics, Protestants, denominational, interdenominational, non-denominational, community churches. The practice has become so widely accepted, and this error has led God's people away from God to commit one of the worst things they could ever commit. So accepted now, and we call it grace. Well, it's just the grace of God. I don't want you to lose your own souls here. What they do, I don't really care what they do. But I'm going to stand before God for you. What does it mean to trample under the foot of the Son of God? Willfully sinning. What is willful sin? It's not unintentional sin, I'll tell you that much. In the Old Testament that taught us everything about the new, 
recognizes sin of ignorance. I don't want to get into a full teaching of that. You just have to know it's there, and I can give you scriptures if you want them. Of course, we can't use ignorance as an excuse to, to willfully and continue to sin. It's not an intentional sin. It's not a sin of momentary, momentary passion where you just get mad and die. You may do something or say something out of passion. Those kind of sins aren't premeditated. Those kind of sins aren't planned. Those kind of sins aren't done on purpose. Willfully sinning is to deliberately choose to sin despite your knowledge of the truth when you know it ain't right, but you just do it anyhow. It's the utter defiance of God, His will, and his number says, lifting up a high hand against him. Go on sin, sin it willfully. It's nothing more but direct, open rebellion to God. It's sin. Not some isolated occurrence where we stumble and we fall, by, you know, and we get up and we fix it by confessing and letting our sin righteousness be washed away. That's the process. But a continual, repeated action of sin, despite knowing that it's right, you do it anyhow, you know the truth that you shouldn't commit fornication. We know that, 1 Corinthians 6. Or even lust in our heart for another. But guess what? You do it anyhow. That's willful sin. We know the truth that we shouldn't covet. Colossians 3, 5. But we just do it anyhow. You know the truth that we shouldn't lie. But we lie anyhow. We know that we shouldn't steal. We steal anyhow. We know we shouldn't forsake the assembling on the Lord's day, but we just flippantly do it anyhow. I'm talking to them. Well, I don't have to do that. I don't. I choose not to go to church on the Lord's day. Oh, really? Why? Because I don't want to. Well, that's a willful sin. Faithfulness to God and His will. You know, I, my thing is this. I want us to ask ourselves as an ecclesia: Are we guilty of willful sin? Faithfulness to God and His will requires. What we used to remember is fighting the fight of faith, fighting the good fight. The faithful ecclesian fights the good fight against sin. He makes a concentrated effort every day, every moment, not to sin. He or she hates sin and does their best to put away sin and obey Yahweh. Ain't that good preaching? Huh? Y'all look like y'all mad at me today. I ain't kidding. But you don't quit sinning. You're not going to get the, what God's promised you at the end or in between. It's those things that Yahweh said. I, he takes that he delivers from all our afflictions of the righteous, of the righteous, of the righteous. If you're not righteous, that's even canceled for us. But you can't to fix your own inflictions. When you willfully choose to do something that God said is wrong, then there's an inflection, and the only way you can cure it because the Bible says there, right, there is no sacrifice for that. You have to just stop doing it. And if you don't, listen to what the Bible says. I think that one of the reasons it's easier to sin willfully is because we stop fighting the fight of faith. You know, maybe we used to fight the fight of faith until we got what we wanted. Because usually faith is about getting something that we want. And then it's just easy to roll over and you're really more carnal than before and now we have no faith because we hadn't fight the fight of faith. You don't develop the muscle of faith to overcome our problems. And that's on us. That ain't on Yahweh. That's our problem. When we don't develop faith, we don't walk by faith, we don't live by faith, we go right back to being carnal again and doing things in our own flesh. And so we can't have the result of what faith brings us if we don't have faith. This is what he said. This is what you can expect. People who sin willfully after coming to the knowledge of the truth. What am I saying? I'm saying this. You know, you know what's right. Something's wrong, but you choose to do it anyhow. You're going to do it anyhow. 
Make a lifestyle of it. Just keep doing it. Well, I'll just do it. I'm going to do it. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay there. Hey, hang on. Last thing I want to do is fall down and somebody say, see, I told you so. What happened to Velcro? Get a fat man some Velcro up here. <laughs> well, I'm glad you, I got you smiling anyhow. Okay, back to your frowning again. Here we go. All right. This is what the Bible says. What can you expect if you live a life of willful sin? A certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour God's adversaries. Okay, let's read that again. So when I sin willfully, I should have a fearful looking for out for judgment and fiery indignation. When I sin willfully, you should expect, oh, I'm going to get it now. Have you ever done something as a kid and said, oh, I'm going to get it now? My police cars pulled up my front yard one time. I said, oh, I'm going to get it now. Miss, what, what, Miss Puckett. I went, I went to Miss Puckett and said, uh, Miss French will want some of those plums you've got. She had them big old plums. And, and uh, she had them in her freezer and said, okay, I'll take them over to her. Oh, no, no, no. I'll take them to her. Oh, you, I, had, I knew I was going to get it now. Listen to this. I'm under the new covenant. I'm under the blood of. Listen. Oh, how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace. For we know him that hath said, Vengeance is mine, I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, look, the Lord shall judge his people. All right, what, what can I say? How can I be a preacher of integrity and tell you anything less than what I'm trying to help you with today. I'm telling you when, you, when you sin willfully, this is the expectation. I will tell you why. Because he let his son die to forgive you of sin. We think we can just go right back and live in sin and God's okay with it. Let me tell you what I, I, I believe. I believe people think God ain't mad at sin anymore. You know what I'm saying? He still don't like sin. He hates it called the fear of the lord and you know people use god's grace and it's not even god's grace it's their made up thing as an excuse to lay down and no longer fight against sin anymore i'm just gonna do it hallelujah everything's good well you know i'm gonna tell you what you you, you should expect it's gonna happen everybody sins johnny i can't help myself <laughs> yeah you can yes you can yes you can you can stop sinning if you want to I'm not talking about things that you just trip over and accidentally go over. You deal with that every day. I'm talking about willful sin where you say, hey, I don't care what God says about that. I'm going to do it anyhow. I got grace of God, Johnny. Don't you know? I think that is an ignorant, pathetic, passive response to sin. That is a lazy person who don't want to fight against sin because they love their sin. They have no real repentance when they do sin, which means you don't have the Holy Spirit. All you want. Spit on you, I think, bro. Get in my umbrella. This is the utter stupidity of the carnal mind that reasons and says this. The wages of sin is not death. It don't hurt you. Sinning don't hurt you. It's okay. The wages of sin is not death. We know where that lie came from. Your father, the father of lies, the flesh in the garden who was a liar that says, you shall not surely die. When I hear them say that, I know who their daddy is. Let me tell you what my daddy says. You better not sin because sin's bad for you, Johnny. And then I say, 
Huh. It feels so good. Why you do? Then I have to be afraid of the judgment and the fiery indignation of God. It really ain't God doing it to you as much as that's what sin does to you. It kills you and everything about you, not just your body, but it, it, your emotions, your relationships, your love. For, I mean, it, it will just dry up everything in your life. That mantra that I hear that helps me easily locate the totally blind and backslidden man who says this. It's easier and better when I was a sinner. It wasn't this hard. You ignorant, stupid person. You, if you would have kept in that sin life that you lived in, I guarantee you probably wouldn't even be here today. You probably wouldn't be married to the same person. Who knows what your children would really be like? I want to tell you, God is the only way that can bring any help to you in this life. Sin is a killer. And we're more afraid of COVID than we are that. I ain't drinking after you. Stand six feet back. What if we really believed that sin was as contagious and, and defiled your garments like that? Oh, don't touch me. Don't hug me. Come in here with a... I don't want to breathe any sin cooties. I mean, here we are. What? But, but we're more afraid of something that's temporary. That's what people will sacrifice. It amazes. They will sacrifice and go into great debt for temporary stuff. But when it comes to God and his kingdom and work, they only do just enough. What happened to us? You, that kind of reasoning tramples underfoot the Son of God. How does it do it? Hebrews 10, 29. 1 Peter 2 says this. It is disrespect and ingratitude for the one who died for you. That's number one. Why do you think Yeshua... Died on the cross. But we can get forgiven and get stuff. And no matter what we do, we're in, hallelujah. All you got to do. Who, who was it talking? It was Tucker telling me the other day. Tucker said he went to this thing and a guy preached at this church. And he said the guy said, every head bow me, every eye close, you pray the sinner's prayer, all you get, and you're good forever. Just pray that prayer is all you got to do. It's ever, ever forgiven. I mean, where does he get that? Well, I do know where he got it from, but... No honest Bible reader would ever get that out of the Scripture. He didn't die so we could go to heaven. He died to deliver you and put your sin in remission because it was killing you. You hear me? It was destroying you. It was causing murder to your brother, hatred, strife. He did it so we could start living what is right in the sight of Yahweh. We got baptized into Yeshua. Hallelujah. Corey and Kimber and Josh, he's working today and... David Cook, they had to leave. They were going out of town. They were here earlier. Listen to this. Supposedly, you died. You died. You died. And you're buried. And you died to your sins so you could live godly. I see you go back to sin and continue to sin. You get, if, somebody, if somebody pays for you to get out of jail, and then you turn around and kill 10 more people, it's not okay. To continue to willfully sin after learning the truth is indeed to trample Yahshua under your feet. Listen to this. Matthew 26, 67. Modern American Christians love to see Jesus get beat up in the movies. Y'all know it's true. Oh, did you see Mel Gibson? What did you see? Did you see? I mean, that guy that played Jesus, people still will listen to him because they think, hey, look, I think Jesus, he was an actor, you know what I'm saying? Whatever they Hey, could you pray for my mama? Man, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in the bar having a drink. What are you talking about? I just played Jesus. I ain't Jesus. But they love to see he get beat. But, okay. Listen to what it says in Matthew 26. They did spit in his face. And they buffeted him. And others smote him with the palms of their hand. I got to tell you something. When I get feeling sorry for myself, all I got to do is think about one thing. What Yeshua did and what those other great men did. I got it made. I need to quit my little complaining. 
Every time you willfully sin, you trample on Yeshua too. And you trample on his precious blood. I want to tell you this morning, and you insult the spirit of grace. I remember that story about Boudreaux. Boudreaux, they were talking about, he sent the police. He called for the police, you know, and help him. And, of course, the policeman showed up with his canine dog, and Boudreaux called and said, My God, I didn't know he was going to send me a blind policeman. I'm trying to lighten you all up a little bit because what I'm fixing to say next. Willful sin is when you know it's wrong, but you're just going to do it anyway. Yahshua suffered, I think, a cruel death of crucifixion for you. And I don't know if that was as bad on him as the 33 years he had to live with no sin. What he, what he gave up for his, from his flesh. He never had a warm hug from a wife. He never had things that we had. He was despised and rejected. He was much acquainted with grief. Of course, the crucifixion, but the rejection. I want to tell you what, rejection's hard too. Sometimes I, I think I'd rather just get a whipping than have rejection. Yeshua did all of that to deliver us from sinning, and then we turn around and deliberately go by, right back to sinning? How ungrateful, how disrespectful, how shameful. You might as well as spit in and slap in his, his face too. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to represent you, Yahweh. Help me. People think serving God is so bad. Well, if we're committing willful sin, we're not serving God. <clears throat> Romans said, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God and those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. These are your members, you, your flesh. But when we were in the flesh, the motions of sin, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth the fruit unto death. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bring me into captivity of sin, which is in my members. When we allow sin to control us, willful sin, I'm not talking about unintentional sin. When a brother is overtaken in a fault, you understand? Bear ye one another's burdens. It makes a mockery of the real purpose for Yahshua's sacrifice. Paul warned the saints at Rome and he warned us that willful sin is not an acceptable response to the grace found in Yahshua. He said in chapter 6, verse 1 and 2, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin so grace will abound? God forbid, he said. He didn't say, no. He said, God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live longer therein? And I'll tell you, we have a society and a world. And we have so much, that old Protestant stuff in us and what they, what, what they believe today and what we see and how people are living with their sin and they justify it. People are comfort one another with the notion, which is false, that you can continue to willfully sin and still reap and walk in the blessings of Yahshua's sacrifice. I hear it all the time. I hear it from people on Facebook. People don't work anymore to put away their bad habits and the old man or to change their lifestyle or pursue holy living because they don't really believe that they're going to be held accountable for sin. Why? Because Yeshua's already paid it all. He suffered all that so you could just do anything you want. It's their attitude. They think that in the end, all God's going to look at, the judgment is Yeshua's sacrifice. Huh? No, he's going to look at my sacrifice too. Okay, Johnny, come here. Oh, it don't matter. We'll, let's, let's, we'll, put, we'll bring Yeshua up here. No, he ran his race. It's foolish, man. It makes a mockery of the true purpose of Yeshua's sacrifice. It will render his sacrifice null and void. Hebrews 10, 26 and 27. Indeed, to go on sinning willfully is to show contempt for Yeshua and what he did for us and trample him under your feet. 
And God don't like you walking on his son. What about us? That's really who I'm really interested in. Us. What regard do we have for the death of Yeshua? Are we treating God's grace as a license to sin? Modern Christian is already perverting God's grace into a license to sin. We go downtown, you go down there, and you say, okay, I'd like to get a license. Uh, to what, to drive? No, I want a license to sin. Well, you can't, you can't sin without a license, so here's your license. You're a Christian, and you get a license to sin, so you're legal. You're legally sinning. Now, they won't just flat out say, sin all you want, you got God's grace, just do whatever you want to. They, they, can, they only will say that about the sins they want to commit. Your sin may be, oh, you can't do that. You can't do that. It's, listen, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't condemn a murderer if you're going to be a liar. Same law. You can't steal and rob from God in his tithes and then condemn a homosexual. Sin. It's disobedience from God. This is what I hear. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. <laughs> People don't want to say that in front of me, I promise you. Look, we're just sinners like everybody else. You can't help but sin often. That you live in the flesh. Hey, I'm, in, I'm just a human. I hear, I'm a human. I'm, I can't help but sin. And so we just accept. And we tell everybody, you're going to sin. Just put your trust in God's grace to save you. Hey, we'll just see at the end. Ain't that what she told you, Barbara Tolls? Yeah, we'll just see how it works out in the end. Oh, yeah, it won't really matter. I told the guy this. I said, listen, I appreciate you being so honest to admit that you're a sinner. I'm not. I'm not a sinner, Kim. Do I sin sometimes? Not on purpose. And if I do sin, I have an advocate, and I go, and I confess that sin, which means I say this, I know this is wrong. I did it. I'm sorry. I didn't want to do it. I, I hate it. I feel miserable. I'm sick about it. Please forgive me, and let your blood wash me back. Forgive me of this sin. i tell you what I can't do. I can't just wallow in sin. I can't just let it go. I can't just not make things right. It's the flesh. The flesh is self-serving lazy defeatist attitude that teaches people they cannot really live the holy life they were called to live in christ i want to tell you that is fatalistic and it's a misuse and it's abuse of the grace of god that will do nothing but lead to that person's condemnation people think that the grace of god and yahshua's sacrifice they use it as a personal credit card and every day they take that credit card of grace and just max it out with sin I want you to consider this. This is how I wrap my head around some of this to help me understand about that sacrifice. Well, I thought he died. We don't have to do all those other sacrifices anymore. He died, so it's over. No, he, he was the last sacrifice. There is no other sacrifice but him. But listen to this. In Israel, which is a type in the shadow, the gospel's preached, and Paul said that the word of God is good for reproof, rebuke, uh, correction, and doctrine. He was talking about the Old Testament. You understand me? And so he gave us his things. Now, <laughs> this, is, this, killed, this is so funny to me. The people of Israel had to make animal sacrifices for the various sins they committed. They're going to need a lot of animal, animals. They had a burnt offering, which is a continuous sacrifice for sin. They had sin offering for unintentional sins. They had guilt offerings for sins of omission. They had guilt offerings for sins of commission. They had all these other offerings. And think about it. They had to be very careful not to sin because that milk cow might be next. Y'all hear what I just said? I got this, the corrals full. Okay, man, we only got one. True? My God, I, I tell you what, I wouldn't have no animals probably. They had to offer an animal sacrifice in order to be forgiven of their sin. 
How quickly they would have run out of animals if they reasoned to themselves like people do today. Oh, everyone sins. I sin often and every day. I can't help it. I'm a sinner just like everyone else. All right, bring the bull up. You know, hey, that red heifer. Yeah, no, no, not that one. That, yeah, that one. The cripple one. Bring that cripple one up here. You know what I'm saying? Hey, get that blind sheep. Yeah, the mean one. Bring the mean one up here. That goat that keeps biting me. I mean, I mean so we, have a, we got this system. And somebody said, see there, we don't have to do that all anymore. No, God's showing us how serious sin is. That every time you sin, next, bring him in. And it, my God, it wouldn't just be the economic loss, but most of us would spend most of our days making sacrifices. I, ain't got, I, ain't got, I can't work. I ain't got time to work. Gotta sin. What a heavy burden. Not to mention how it would have shown a lack of fear of, uh, of the most holy God. And listen to this. Let me read this to you. But any native-born Israelite or foreigner who deliberately does something wrong insults Yahweh and must be excluded from the people. Listen close to me. That person has despised the word of the Yahweh and broken Yahweh's command. He must be excluded completely. He remains guilty. I want to tell you this. I know this don't preach good in America because we think we can go anywhere we want, be joined to whoever we want to, how we do it, and stay at home, all that kind of stuff. I want to tell you how God is. God is one. He's multitudinous, though. We're like one big family, God family. And we've been invited to, to be God-like, godliness. So we have immortality. That's the main goal here. So we can have a people to redeem the world and do all those kind of things. God ain't trying to save the world right now, y'all. He's gathering a people, and when Yeshua comes, then the world's going to get saved. Until then, there's going to be smog or, you know, I don't know. I've been doing this a long time, and I made a choice years ago that I didn't want to be part of a system that I think God's not a part of. And I went and, you know, learned and messed up. And what I mean messed up, I, you know, I went down this path and then it, I had to go down another path and to learn some things. And, and I always prophesied this. I, this is a word that God gave me. When you're 50, you'll be a great man of God. And I had, told, I had people tell me you should go ahead and be a great man of God now. But I want to tell you, I'm a late bloomer. I'm a late starter, but I finished victoriously. You hear me? I mean, I, I, when, I was in, when I was in the ninth grade, I was about that tall. But it made me work hard and practice and do all those kind of things, you know. But I was a late bloomer. And I'll tell you, I was like, I, I, I wanted some hair on my body sooner, sooner than I got it. Oh, my God. You go, in the gym, you go in the locker room in junior high school, there's guys in there that look like gorillas, you know. I mean, they got full beards, they got a hair on their chest, you know. I mean, all this kind of stuff. I'm over there talking like you. A little, little skinny White boy over there, you know, ain't got no. Anyhow, I'm like, do I have me some peach fuzz right here? I mean, if you used to shave your three hairs right there, you could shave around them. Goatee. But I want to tell you this. God's house, his ecclesia, is right on the top of his importance list. But when people willfully sin, God puts them outside the camp. He excludes them when they insult, when they trample on, the, on their, his son, when they despise the word, when they break the commandments, and they get excluded completely watch this you ask god to show you what you think it means but it says he remains guilty i've seen people come and go in this house and the number one reason is, is this because they continue to willfully sin and they nothing i can do about it and ain't nothing they can do about it they'll even say this to me so why are you leaving i don't know i said i do what you're backslidden and you're getting excluded and you're going to remain guilty what if he prays the sinner's prayer again See, we don't know about restitution either. Have a heart when you do something wrong, you make it right and some. Should we be any less careful not to sin today? Of course not. Yeah. People take for granted the sacrifice of Yahshua 
And they commit willful sin and think they're getting away with it. And they don't realize that even in their brains, in their minds, you know, they, they, it causes, I'm, I'm, I wasn't going to say this today, I got to tell you, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you a word today that I had to deal with. Eremite. I don't even know what the word means, Eremite. Eremite basically means like a monk, a secluded person, Christian, you know, it's in seclusion. And it's something I really struggled with. Because honestly, and I'm not asking for self-pity, I don't need self-pity. I want you to love me now. But I don't, want, I don't need self-pity. Something I think was a sin that I had to deal with being an Eremite. You know, after so many divorces, people during all these years in church who, I'm with you, I'm going to do this, and they just walk out of your life and all that kind of stuff, I became an Eremite. You know, on top of that, you know, then you get grandkids, and then you get older, and you don't feel like just, you know, going out to eat all the time and all that kind of stuff, whatever. But, but I became an Eremite, and I had to recognize that it was sin. And I had to recognize that, you know, it had to do with, with the body and assembling, whether I felt like it or not, you know. And so then, right when I'm, at, I'm ready to not be an Aramite anymore, COVID comes. Now everybody's an Aramite. Y'all get my point? It's like, I can't, I can't take it anymore. I can't take, oh, we're going to build the kingdom. We're going to walk together. We're going to do it. I can't take that anymore. I don't want, I don't want people to say it to me. I, you know what I mean? I mean, I, I don't, don't say it, you know. Don't, don't say it. You know what I'm saying. Y'all been there. Anybody been around like with people before? But this is what God told me to say. Number one, he wanted me to speak for him to show you who he really is and the real deal. And I've tried to be real faithful with that. Number two, he told me to tell people this. Get in or get out. That may sound arrogant to me. It ain't. It, it's hard for me to say that. Oh, no, you stay. I don't care. Just please don't leave me. Please, please don't leave me. Don't abandon me. Don't walk away. Don't. Oh, I thought we were lovers. We were best friends. That's just life. I know that. But I'm telling you, I'm confessing to you how it affected me. Now, I don't know why I said that. I'm just going to take it that it's beneficial for us. People say, hey, we're not under the old law. We're not required to give offerings for our sins. Yahshua, or they say, Jesus, offering of himself is once and for all. Hallelujah. How then does anyone have the audacity to think that they can benefit from Yahshua's sacrifice while they're walking in sin? Let me tell you, about, when you do, you get removed out of the camp. You don't even know why you're, do, you're not joining anymore. And I didn't really care for that part of the ministry. Okay, next, next. Yahshua's sacrifice on the cross is not some kind of credit card like we talked about. We have to fight the fight of faith. I get up every day, and I hope my life is some example to you, and I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. When I was in high school, man, we had all kind of stuff going on, fights and all that kind of stuff. I, I would wear... I was Columbus, Georgia, and they had these combat boots that they wore in Vietnam. They were part material, part leather. I put on combat boots. I put on jeans and a T-shirt and because I knew somebody going to be fighting somewhere doing something. And I do the same thing. I'm ready to fight the fight of faith, not just for my sin. To me, that's the easiest part. But so I can be in a position we have favor before God that I can pray for those that I love and care for to change their circumstances. He didn't die and suffer all that so you could have a free-for-all to commit sin and without consequences. You can't deceive God. If you're not taking the fight of sin to sin every day, you're trampling upon his son. Willful sin is also to count Yahshua's blood of his covenant as a common thing or profane it. To treat if there's nothing special about that blood of the lamb that was slain. Yahshua's blood is holy, it's special, for it was Yahshua's blood that sanctified us and washed our sins away. It's a powerful 
precious, holy thing. It made us holy so we could have fellowship with the living God. Oh, it's important. How about, did you get your... Did you get your pill today? Did you take your medicine today? Did you get your treatment this week? You got to have it. Oh, you got to have it. Now, this is what the blood of Christ is so powerful. How does willful sin profane? This is what Paul said. He's addressing the Christians who are behaving like sinners instead of saints. Yahshua's blood sanctifies Christians, calling them to be saints and calling them to live holy lives. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2. Despite their sanctification, these Corinthians were carnal. They had gone right back, and they were acting like sinners. The word sinner in the Greek is used to a person who continually practices sin and is devoted to sin, and they're going to do whatever the hell they want to do. And if they want to do it, they're going to do it. No matter if God said, don't do it, or you're stealing from me, or you're lying, or it's wrong, that's mine, whatever it is, you're just going to do it anyhow. That's what I'm preaching against. Sinners are people who continue to willfully and deliberately sin, and they don't even care what Yahshua prayed for the price of it. They trample him. They're not grateful. Those who truly regard Yeshua's blood as holy and precious will take Yahweh's requirements to be holy, and they will live as righteously and as saints very seriously. Oh, my God. Did I, I'm sorry. Here's the standard. You don't hear a standard? Watch this. 1 Peter 1, 15 through 19. When I tell the grace people this, this right here, they, they don't know what to say. They, this is what they say. Well, that's not what it means. Okay. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. That's talking about lifestyle, not just words. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work past the time of your sojourning here in fear. For as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, you didn't get redeemed with silver and gold, from your vain conversation you got from your fathers, but you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and spot. I'm holy, God said, and I expect you to be holy. You're the... You're the virgin bride, and I expect you to keep your garment spotless. That's going to take work. Listen to this. This is chapter 10, verse 26 of Hebrews. Somebody comes and tells you this. This is what they tell me. But you know, that was written to the Hebrews. The whole Bible was written to Hebrews. What are you talking about? Except some of the New Testament to the church. The whole Old Testament. Yeshua was a Hebrew. Are you kidding? Adam, Abraham, Moses. Okay, so what do you mean? Well, that just means that's talking about those people went back to sacrificing animals again. Well, I don't disagree with that, but listen to this. For if we sin willfully after we receive the knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifice for sins. In other words, you can't go back and do that. You can't do other things. There's only one thing. But a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. Now, y'all watch this. <clears throat> he that despised Moses' law die without mercy under two or three witnesses. All right, there you go. If you were under Moses' law and you despised it, he said that they died without mercy and all you needed was two or three witnesses to say he did it. If that's the kind of judgment for people who despise Moses' law, watch this. Oh, how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trod under the foot the Son of God and counted the blood of the covenant 
wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despite to the spirit of grace. For we know him that has said, listen, vengeance belongeth unto me. I will recompense, says Yahweh. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. And then he ends with this. It is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. When we sin willfully, that's what we can expect to happen to us. Willful sins, not only an utter disrespect for our Savior who died for our sins, but is, is an insult to the spirit of grace, the true spirit of grace, and is the it's blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. God's people can lose their salvation through the practice of willful sin. Don't hear that? You continue to practice willful sin, <clears throat> the spirit of God leaves, you're done. On that last day, if you want to receive a well done and not be devoured by that fiery indignation of Yahweh's judgment, and then let us pursue holiness and don't, let us ever, 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 ever trample underfoot the Son of God or His precious blood or the wonderful Spirit of grace. Let us quit willfully sinning because we love God. And that's the only power that's going to make you do it. It's the most powerful force in the universe is love. And we have to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and our neighbor as ourselves. Don't be deceived. I want you to listen close. I've got a few more things to say, just very short. Don't leave here today thinking you can continue in any kind of sin willfully and expect to walk in the true blessings of God now and then be saved on that day. It ain't going to happen. Listen, there's people that hate God. They don't, they don't even serve God. They're mean. They're, they're crooks. They lie and all that. They got plenty of money, but gain is not godliness. <clears throat> I want you to leave here today, and I don't want you to allow a defeatist attitude to enter your mind. You know, hey, everybody sins. I just can't help myself. I got the grace of God to fall back on. It's stupid. That carnal mind, that's that flesh. The wages of sin is not death. That's what we're really saying. I can sin and get away with it. That's what we're really saying. <clears throat> to live a life of willful sin is an unholy life, which is an unfaithful life. And I'm here to exhort, beg, plead, and help you hear and know that that's going to cost you your salvation. Hebrews 6, 4 through 8. I've been teaching out of Hebrews 10. I want to read this two, uh, four verses out of Hebrews 8. <clears throat> you ready? I got you. Some people once had God's light. This is the, I like the God's word translation. I forget what it's called, something else. God's word, but just for reading. Study, I use the King James because of the Greek and Hebrew, but I thought this was accurately accurate and well written. Some people once had God's light. They experienced the heavenly gift and shared in the Holy Spirit. They experienced the goodness of God's word and the powers of the world to come. Been there. Many of us, we've been there, man. We've seen God do stuff, man. We tell you, we, I mean, the greatest miracle is us. <laughs> True? We're the greatest miracle that God ever did. Yet, they have deserted Christ. They are crucifying the Son of God again and publicly disgracing Him. Therefore, they cannot, they cannot be led a second time to God. Now, I was taught all kind of things as a kid, and this is what I learned about all my denomination and people, preachers, and all that. I learned one thing about the book of Hebrews in chapter 6 and chapter 10. This is what I learned. They didn't know nothing about it. They had no clue what all these things meant because it couldn't, they couldn't cram that doctrine into these kind of things. He said, God, you have deserted Christ. They are crucifying the Son of God again and publicly disgracing him. Why? Well, because now you've left Christ. Now what? There isn't another sacrifice, but basically he's saying, you're sacrificing him again. <clears throat> Therefore, they cannot be led a second time to God. God blesses the earth. The rain often falls on it, and it produces useful crops for farmers. However, 
If the earth produces thorns and thistles, it is worthless and in danger of being cursed. And in the end, it will be burned. I hope you can hear my voice today. And I hope you hear Yahweh speaking through me today to you personally and to us corporately. That we will answer this call today and we will once again take up the fight against sin and not willfully sin. We will go back to our first love and put God first in our life. And like the first commandment says, put no other gods before him. Nothing, nothing. All he asks is we put him first. That we ask him permission with his stuff. That we, that we serve him <clears throat> and to get delivered and not be afflicted with the death throes of what sin does to everybody. I hope y'all hear what I'm saying. If you ain't ready for me, don't come near me. Ah, Yahweh, I'm emptied out today. Ah, there it is. Three months talking about these things.